we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. Please go ahead and make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, the Pop Culture Cosmos as well. Also, please go ahead and support the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Soro, today at LakersBall.com. Plus, you know, during the week, he is killing it out there in Southern California because he's transforming lawns into something much more magical than it is today. So go ahead and support him today at Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Also, friends at Lakerholics.com, go ahead and check out Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there doing some crazy trades already, and we're not even out of July. Go ahead and check out what he and Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Sweet, are doing today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Stone Hansen, go ahead and check out his work post-draft on UpsideSwings.com and the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Our good friend John McKaylin, you know he's always around. His great channel and having some great conversations to got the John McKaylin channel. So go ahead and subscribe today. Plus also, speaking of subscribing, if you've not subscribed yet to our YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. Or like our Facebook page. Or follow us on social media to get, to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. We are at 917 subscribers. We're so close, so close to the magical 1000 mark where YouTube finally starts to notice you. Although they actually already run commercials, they're getting all the money. We're getting nothing in return, but we are entertaining you. And that's something special indeed, but we'd like to go ahead and get over a thousand subscribers. So if you can support us by doing that, hit the little Joe. The little Joe with the beady eyes in the right-hand corner of your screen. If you can go ahead and do that, it's greatly appreciated. Plus also, again, please like, support, follow, or do what you can to support us anywhere we're at on social media. Remember, we're also on Kick, Twitch, Twitter. My gosh, a whole bunch of things. TikTok, now Threads, Instagram. We're all over the place because it's the Lakers Fast Break, the number one Lakers show that's out there, and all your support is, as always, greatly appreciated. Well, Summer League in Vegas, it's about 120 degrees. Actually, I got in my car earlier today here in Vegas, and it said 125. That's actually, I think, 116 to 118, depending on who you ask outside the car, per se. But in the heat of Vegas, the Summer League is now winding down. And for the Lakers, their Summer League season is over. And they ended it, though, with a nice and satisfying win in the closing seconds. Based on a bumbling, stumbling play by the Clippers and a mistake that they did as far as inbounding the ball before it even got inbounded, they fouled Cole Swider, who hit the last free throw to go ahead and put the Lakers up for a victory, 104 to 103, even though they gave up a tying three-pointer, which we all saw coming. At least I did. I said it at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. I said it like minutes ago. You could tell it was going to happen, and it did. But the Lakers did pull it out, the victory, 104-103. to 103. Their record overall in Summer League is not the outstanding one we wanted to see. It is 3-4. and four. We will talk today as far as some of the pluses and minuses. Their record in, of course, Vegas was 3-2. and two, So that part of it's not too bad. But here today to talk about 
Summer League, what went on, what we saw, what we liked. Good guys indeed. First man up, first man here. He's the madman behind Simblades and Simblades with a Y.com. I threw you off because I was going to say Toronto, didn't I? But it is the guy behind Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com, and of course, Oxide247 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, we had in our final game of Summer League three great performances. Cole Swider, five of nine from three point land. He had 21. You had Des Moines Hodge with 711 from three-point land. He was chucking it galore. He's got that smooth stroke. I really like what I saw out of him. 23 points for him. You had also LJ Figueroa, the surprise of the last couple games of Summer League. He had 23 as well. Colin Castleton, 11, uh, 13 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. So again, some good performances out there from what I saw. Just enough to get the victory tonight. I was able to catch the game uh, halfway through. Uh, it's been a very uh, booked weekend for me, but I did get a chance to see some really good basketball from a couple of the guys. One happens to be one that we are we do have a two-way with his Demoy Hodge. Demoy Hodge, I believe, hit six three-pointers in the previous was it seven-two? Okay, yeah, that's fourteen three-pointers in two games. That's an interesting statistic. Uh, we initially thought there might be an issue with his height uh, and how this, the listing. Because he has to play the off guard. Right. Playing the off guard, if you're not overly athletic, especially in this day and age, it's going to be really, really difficult. However, if he can create space, which it, it has happened in, 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 you know, in the past, where someone who isn't as athletic uh, getting space and make these shots, then it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, we're going to get a chance to see that this year. So I'd say Hodge has earned his spot. No doubt has earned it. He kept going, uh, kept on going, kept on earning it, I should say. I think he's going to play in the league. I don't know if it's for the Lakers, but I think he has a spot as long as he keeps that touch. Well, it's something we need. It's something we need. We need a two guard who can shoot. <laughs> so I would like to see if we can get a crack at it and see if he can perform on an NBA level. Uh, LJ Figueroa, uh, since that putback dunk, in the last game, he has been playing on a different level until, of course, his last four uh, was it three or four attempts of on the, at the free throw line. But and that's that's the stuff right there. That's the stuff that can 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 make or break you in terms of being an, an everyday NBA player. But very impressed with his ascent. He might have gotten himself a job in the last couple of games. Good or an him. invite to training camp because the for, fact is for sure. I don't see how that that's not going to happen. And that's the first subject I want to talk to you about it, is LJ Figaro, who came, had back-to-back -back games of 17, and then we saw with 23 tonight. He had not played at all in the first few games, or played very little of it, I should say. You know, I put the I put the onus on J.D. Dubois for not allowing this kid to go ahead and get a chance to play. Your thoughts on this, my friend, why he didn't get a chance to play earlier and sooner, and... Like you, well, like I said, I think he just gave not enough himself. players, not enough players that you can play at the same time. It's it's a difficult. This yeah, kid I, was must have been doing something. In I think back. Time. I think back. I think back at the at at the Stone Cold Hanson's comment about how there's a lot of talent out there and there's just not enough room. It kind of reminds me of your old backyard in in L.A. There's a lot of people who are talented in that town but there's not enough spots. And at what point are you going to be able to throw somebody in there 
and allow them to have a chance. It's difficult. It is really difficult. You have 450, give and take every now and then, however it works, 450 spots in the NBA in a given game, right? I'm saying game as in each game that's playing, you're, you're going to have 15 people on, on a roster, right, typically. that's Guys, that's the entire planet. So there's 8 billion people on the planet. Uh, if 0.00001% of that, um, it's probably more zeros, uh, plays basketball, God knows how many players there are. <laughs> so I just don't know how you, 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 can, you can make everyone happy. But he did rock the house in the last game, and he rode that momentum to the point where he just might have earned himself a camp invite. So I'm asking you, my friend, and I'll give it to Sean here in a second. So I ask you, I want you know, how much can you realistically take away from the last two games of summer league for the Lakers, as far as the play is concerned? You know, these guys did some of these guys did actually get some really good numbers, but you and I both know as it winds down in summer league, the effort is not there as it is in the beginning of summer league with some of these guys. Some of these guys are playing for the very basketball lives. But you could see with some of the others, they know they already have a spot locked up and they're just going through the motions. I still didn't like the fact that uh, Shafino wasn't playing. Yeah, he I, had a right groin strain just to let everybody know. Yeah, I know. have a right groin strain too, not seeing him play. That, that's, I'm that's, telling you, it's the hangnail theory, my friend. Yeah, that's that's not that's not that's unacceptable. This is a player who was picked 17th. Struggled mightily this summer. Who has struggled, who should have been playing. Uh, if you want to say that Max Christie was okay, yes, he's been under the Lakers' umbrella for a year already. He played he played well while he was playing, and you don't you want to preserve him obviously to, to till training camp starts. But Shafino, especially with our, I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want Sean to slap me in the face uh, virtually. Uh, especially with it with with what we wanted in this at the time. Yeah, it's not 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 something I want to see. However, summer league is over. You got you got to unmute, Sean. Summer league is over. We've enjoyed uh, a I little you, extension of kind of our need for basketball. Now we need to wait. What is it? Nine weeks till training camp starts. So we're gonna have to start really putting some things together here to make people's attention on us. I want to get to a thousand by summer by by camp. I, I don't see get how that won't happen. I really don't. I don't see how that's gonna not gonna happen. I think we need to put some fun stuff in there. I am hearing that there is a special shortcoming that will include Sean Grice. Mm. Yes, it will include Sean Grice, and it will be hilarious and anecdotal in a way, if you will, uh, with some you know you'll, you'll you'll see. I'm I'm trying not to give it away. <laughs> And then, of course, you, it's a tease, ladies and gentlemen. It is a tease. It's it's going to be fun. And of course, you guys have hinted a little bit about what 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 might be coming my way. I'm just making sure the production value is going to be where it needs to be. And just like our gear, that's why I've been. We waited a few months. Uh, you know, this week is 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 press time. This week is press time for the gear, so people can go and order the gear. But I'm going to also have a little bit of a a preview of what you guys might be able to see and go from there. Yeah, it's little by little here, uh, Sean and, and and Gerald and everyone else out there. We're 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 gonna have this nine weeks to be able to get things in line. It's actually a good thing. Good things in line. 
We'll start preparing for what's coming. Uh, and no NBA. I'll probably go into withdrawals. Yeah, don't 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 do that. Why? Well, I'm already getting it already. Funny. It's like the the guy from Scary Movie, the Butler. <laughs> Chris Elliott, right? Yeah. Oh my god. I hope so through the wire. I hope we'll get to a thousand well before training camp. But oh my god, I've been doing this podcasting thing for way too long to put anything by. I just, I, I just, just say that right now. I'm gonna have to watch that tonight now. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBA DraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. And the Lakers do close out Summer League with a 104-103 victory over the Clippers, ending their Summer League at 3-4 and four overall and 3-2. and two here in vegas uh, looking forward to seeing what's going to go on with the championship tomorrow between cleveland and houston I'm, my money's on houston because houston i saw live extensively and they've got some really good kids coming up on that roster if dylan brooks doesn't take off all the minutes they have a really nice future in houston <laughs> but we'll see on that one but here today also as well as a good man indeed he heads up our playback.tv slash acres fast break time tonight and he did a great job plus an earlier show that you got to go ahead and check out today that he got nothing but love he's a madman from toronto he just did get out of toronto traffic to go ahead and check us out here at the lakers fast break it is the magic man sean grice and sean always great to have you here my friend everybody's showing you the love that it just is you know just immensely appreciate they're still talking about so great to have you back a week later after you've already appeared just amazing the kind of draw you have my friend when are you starting to sign autographs? <laughs> when are you doing well, cameos? Well, you know, I, uh, you know, Gerald, I, I am available for, uh, for parties. Um, I just, uh, look, before we get into it, I just, um, I, I left, uh, the earlier show and now I feel the exact same way. It's, uh, the outpouring of love and support, Gerald, is honestly, it's, um, it's touching like it it truly is um to have this kind of impact on people and um you know i, it, I and again i owe all of this to gerald glassford it was gerald who put me on and gave me an opportunity and that's the kind of person that gerald is and way, uh, I, we're I, both I we're both better because... we're both better for it um, now, i want to mention this though sean Cole the Troll is back. Just want to mention Cole the Troll is back. So I'm going to nick. I've gave him a nickname. Uh, it is Cole the Troll. Oh, Kale. 
Kale the troll. Kale the troll right there. Kale Nickerson the troll right there for you. But go ahead, Sean. My apologies. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Kale Gerald. I'm not a Kale the troll. We're gonna call yeah. him that from now. Yeah, because he he uh, wanted us to give out a shout out to a fictional city, so I gave him a fictional city that he can go ahead and give us a shout out as well. So yes. Houstonana Vegas or something? No, you look it in the chat, you'll find out. Oh, that, okay. my friend. All right. But anyway. Uh, my friend, it, uh, let me ask you this though. Your impressions though, I mean, obviously from today's game, you're the one that got to see it extensively. Demoy Hodge, great touch. And the thing is, he did it off the dribble. He would go up and lean on the break and just pop right away. And, you know, I did criticize him a couple of days ago when he was doing it with 22 seconds on the shot clock. But today, when you're feeling it like that, he was hitting from everywhere. You can't, it's hard to argue that. Yeah. Um, you know, Gerald, and when you look at, um, at his uh, collegiate experience, he's been at several different stops along the way. Um, I think that's actually proven to be a benefit to him because he doesn't, Gerald, not one, not one play this whole summer league. And we've watched all the games. Was he out of place? Um, Positionally, he's a very sound defender. Um, He had five steals again tonight. Um, He made seven threes, but he had five steals. Um, He ran the break correctly. um, Like you said, as as uh, an on ball guard, the skills are there for him. If he continues to shoot like this, I don't see I don't see any rhyme or reason why he's not signed to a standard NBA contract with the Lakers. Um, even with the glut we have at the guard position, if Hodge is shooting like this, it makes it difficult to to even think about putting him in South Bay because now you're thinking well. Now I have an internal competition between guys like Demoy Hodge, Max Christie, and Cam Reddish to see. And it and iron sharpens iron, Gerald. I think this is a great thing for the Lakers that somebody like that is coming into training camp feeling very confident about his shooting. And Max Christie as well. Mississippi Dog, you have my same opinion as well. I couldn't agree with you more on that, that it's so depressing in a way that the undrafted guys are doing so much better than the drafted guys. Uh, Adam Hurley, five steals, you're right, is awesome. Uh, You know, really, really good as far as that, you know, what he did today, just as far as everything that he's working. But I'm going to tell you right now, though, he is in the numbers game. I would say keep him the two way because he would make him eligible for still at least forty five games. Yeah, no, Gerald, I'm I'm with you there. I I, I think that would be the um, the ideal uh, situation for for all involved because um, <clears throat> if, if obviously he's not going to tear it up like like this in the in a preseason game. However, he's he's proven himself to be at least willing like. There is a big difference today with undrafted players. Like there are some guys who are that they play not afraid. Like there's a difference. Like Austin Reeves played unafraid. Alex Caruso played unafraid. And now I'm seeing Demoy Hodge play unafraid. He's not afraid to miss. He's not afraid to make a mistake, which means he's not think he's really he not. He's a thinking. gunner. He's playing. Yeah, he's just playing. He's just a hooper. You're right, Gerald. Just a gunner. So a guy like it, Cole Swider, who is also a gunner, 
but it's not as good athletically and no you know it's, just, just yeah you it's know, not like it's not so like much Cole, working against him yeah exactly gerald um he's not a sound positional defender as hodges um he's a little awkward on the fast break whether or not he's running it or actually um being the uh the receiver uh it's just it's yeah jared it's apples and oranges with those guys but you're right if swider even had like a, just a little bit of what hodge has he'd, he'd already have an nba roster spot joe i want to ask you this uh dog says it perfectly cam whitmore has looked great after game after game after game you and i said it from the draft uh, also as well, Stone. Stone actually, you know, had a list of seven guys, eight guys before he go ahead and draft JHS. And in a lot of those cases of what he's, the guys he mentioned, they're all doing better in summer league. But the one name Cam Whitmore has, you know, appeared for you and I much more so than anyone else. I know Sean has taken a little bit late to get to the party, but he's now at the party and he's now asked for a drink. So he's at the party now for Cam Whitmore. <laughs> Your thoughts though, when you keep on saying, seeing, the struggles for JHS, the fact he didn't play tonight, what kind of message does that send? Uh, I don't believe the Hood Shafino pick was the bus boy, the bus boys decision. That was too Big Ten-ish for me, and we all know that Rob Polinka has a Big Ten thing. That's so you're where... saying that Maxwell Lewin was Lewis? I, I believe Maxwell Maxwell Lewis was well, that's a. Not bus... like he's so... Well, that's not like he's so... I believe the Maxwell was a bus. I always want to say bus boys. Okay. The bus boy pick. <laughs> and uh, Hood Shafina was definitely a raw pick. Uh, and the Lakers have been hitting on all these draft picks a lot this last few years. This might be the one where they might have missed. Now, it's not so much that they're missing. Hood Shafino might still be a serviceable player in the future. The problem is, and we said this before the draft, so you can't sit there and say, Oh, you're just, it's easy to say that. No, no. We said before the draft, best player available. We saw something in this year's draft that rarely happens. I don't even remember something like this happening to this extent. I do remember a small one, which was the 1997 draft with Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce from Kansas dropped to 10. He was a top five pick at the very least. Some had even said top three, and we all see we all saw what happened there. So I, I, I'm going to say it again. I've said it a few times here. You do not at 17 not pick best player available even before then, but especially at 17. And if it doesn't work, no one is holding it against you. No one, no one is going to say, "Hey, you guys picked the best possible talent that was available at that point, and it didn't come out." Why? Because he had. Was it low risk, high reward? Joel Embiid had injuries too, right? Look what happened there. So you can't live. You were just talking about fear, right? Can't live in your fears. That's something um, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin has said several times when he's being interviewed. You're going to sit there and you're going to be afraid to do things that make sense. What I mean by make sense as in, okay, guys, uh, the position we're in, the situation we're in, screw it. Let's go for it. You're not picking number one. You're not picking number two. You're picking 17. It doesn't work out. You're fine. If it works out, you're a genius now. Now you you've got you've gotten to you got a pick that was a top three, top five pick, just like Giannis, just like uh Kawhi Leonard. Both were both 15 overall picks. 
look how that turned out. Each each guy's a champion. Each guy, uh, one guy won two defensive player of the year. The other one won the MVP and a defensive player of the year. So I, I just I don't know. I I'm I'm, I'm not going to harp on this because I think it's kind of or, overdone already. But we we are we are here to win a championship here in the next year, and regardless of what happened there, we are. We are focused now on hopefully getting at least one more big here in the in, in the summer, so that we can get ready to start winning a uh, going for the championship uh, when training camp starts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, and listening. Truly appreciate it. Adam has a question: Is there anyone besides Castle and Hodge that would be better fit right now for two way and Figueroa? Just remember, though, Adam. If they keep 14 on the roster and not 15, they have to get rid of one of those two ways. So most likely Cole Swider will be sent packing, even though he had five of nine three-pointers today, shot very well. It's going to be tough for him to go ahead and stick because of what he can't give you on other facets of the game. And they'll probably drop the Exhibit 10 on, on Fudge, and they'll probably pick up Figaro on it. That would be my guess or what I would do because Fudge... You know, he's supposed to be this defensive stopper. He's very athletic, but we saw offensively that he can't do anything for you. Defensively, though, we were not very impressed with that either, were we, Sean, with Alex Fudge? No, we weren't, Gerald. Um, Unfortunately, he just shows zero promise offensively. And um, not not to uh, uh, um, dismiss uh, his potential there, but I'll reiterate what Stone Hansen once referred to watching Alex Fudge as the worst offensive player I've ever watched on film. And it proved to be the case. Uh, couldn't, couldn't finish layups, couldn't finish putbacks, couldn't finish fast breaks, had trouble actually securing a pass in the low post. It was an adventure watching Alex Fudge and offense, Gerald. I, I, I he is an all-world defender. Just can't give you anything offensively. And well, you know, but was he? Is he an all-world defender? I didn't not, he hadn't it. shown it the past two games. No, that that's for sure. No, um, good instincts, but I mean, I don't see a place for him in the NBA yet, Gerald, and definitely not with us. He can't shoot. He can't create. Um, and again, he's got um, stone hands, literally. And we've already have that already in, you know, Vanderbilt, as far as someone who's very defensive oriented, six, nine, very athletic. We already have that, Sean. We don't need yep. someone else. No, we don't need, we don't need redundancy. Like that. Like that. Yeah, no, Gerald's correct. We don't need redundancy in uh, athletic wings who can't shoot. We have one, one is plenty. We don't need two, especially with, the myriad of issues we have that uh, need need fixing. Joe, well, let's go ahead and talk about another one of the players right there that that impressed you, and that is Colin Castleton. Uh, you know, another double double for him with six assists. Didn't shoot great, but actually still was able to go ahead and find and distribute. Again, there's some mechanical things that I see with this game that are slow and still need to be developed. Like, don't ask him to do a drive on anyone or else he's going to get it blocked into the third row. But when it comes to being able to just get it to him inside, get him in the key, he's got a nice turnaround jump uh, jump hook. He's got, he got when you put him in against the elbow, he finds people, for, he finds cutters. 
I see good things with Castleton, but again, Friday night he got pushed around a little bit more today, but not as much. Your thoughts, though, on Colin Castleton and where he stands and what he needs to do? My thoughts is he's he gave me enough to to feel that there's a future for him. He's gonna work. Looks like he's gonna work in terms of his game. He's got some really good fundamentals already. Has to get stronger though. Every everyone gets stronger from when you come into the league after two three years. Vacation, consistent day to day. That's always the that's always the question for any player. Uh, usually guys that are in his position that were not drafted usually will tend to work a little bit harder to get better. I see him doing that. He's got the God-given height, got the, the God-given ability to move around uh, with some some athleticism, uh, his size. I You just let that kind of develop as it, as it goes. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I don't see how it won't. One way or the other, I see Colin Castleton in the NBA and on, on a roster at some point in his career and a very consistent one too. Once again, the Lakers did win in their final game of summer league, 104 to 103. They finished through an overall record of three and four. Um, Magic, uh, again, we talked about it earlier. Joe was very displeased with the groin injury that JHS uh, kept him out. You can say what you will about that. If it was a regular season, if you what if we would actually be doing that and sitting out, but I'm still disappointed overall in the performance from JHS. Again, there's a lot of work to be done, and I'm just not sure we'll ever gain the athleticism, speed, shooting ability, and defensive ability to go ahead and be a solid contributor in the NBA. Yeah, Gerald, those those are a lot of boxes to tick off. <laughs> it's you know, I call it like I see it. Right there. Yep. I don't disagree at all from what we've observed. Um it's a work in progress. There's no there's no question about that. Um I would just I I I'll reiterate it again. I it, it, it for the best of both worlds, it would behoove him to just sit and learn from guys who can do what he does only better or they're more athletic or quicker. Um, you know, he, his bread and butter gave Vincent, LeBron James, D'Lo, and Austin Reeves can all do it better than he does. So there's there's just not going to be a lot of minutes for him. Um, right now, given the depth, um, you know, injuries aside, even I'd be – hesitant to play him more than, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game, Gerald, because it just seems that um, if he, he's the, I think he's the, just, if, I think if he gets run really hard at the beginning of the year, it might deter him. And I don't want to see that happen. Then again, um, you, you don't want to, uh, find yourself in a position where you have to find out whether you can sink or swim either. I, if, if all intents and purposes, he should be redshirted this first year. Honestly, he needs to, go to, the, he needs to stay in South Bay, go to South Bay, and just play in South Bay. Yep. And the thing is, though, what's depressing is about it because there's so many people out there that are like on the fence on Gabe Vincent. Your thoughts, though, on this, because the fact that people, if that's the case, and Gabe Vincent doesn't do it for you, you don't have much back behind him right now that can. No, you don't. You really don't. 
you really don't. So you're you're relying on one or two of two things now as a Lakers fan. If you weren't uh, over the moon or even uh, you know just satisfied with acquiring Gabe Vincent, and you weren't uh, thrilled about the Lakers drafting JHS. You gotta sit and spin, my friend. You gotta sit and spin because you have no other choice here. I I don't. I still do not understand the um, the hesitancy or the questioning of why Gabe Vincent isn't an NBA quality guard. He is. I mean, he's like. Don't need to go into it again. He's he's played over the past two seasons. He's played over forty games in the NBA playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. He's gone deep. He understands the game. Um, Eric, for everybody who talks about, you know, Eric Spolstra, well, if you have so much faith and um, respect for Eric Spolstra, then don't turn around and say, well, you know, he played Gabe, Gabe Vincent out of necessity or because the, you know, that was. Do you only... think people are gun shy because of Kendrick Nunn? I think so. I do. I, I, I that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that before, Gerald, but that I think that's mm, what uh, Joe's friend Jesse says. Uh, 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 what does he say, Joe? Oh, I know. <laughs> he says, uh, hit a nerve, hit a target. That's right. Hit a nerve, hit a target. I was waiting for Joe to say that. But, yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Gerald. I think there's a little, a little um, hesitation to – just kind of let it be that Gabe Vincent is a really good player and the Lakers were able to acquire a really good player despite the the negativity from from getting a player from that organization previously. And to be fair, Kendrick Nunn originally wasn't a Miami Heat find. Kendrick Nunn was in the Golden State Warriors organization. They couldn't keep him, came and got him. So it's a little, to me, it's apples and oranges there, but you're right, Gerald. I think a lot of people are gun shy that none came on board and now Vincent sort of, it's guilt by association. Excellent point by Gerald. Kale's in the chat, Joe, saying, can we chill on a 20-year-old? And I'm going to tell you right now, we get a lot of emails. We get a lot of feedback that we're too hard on these kids. We're too hard on this person. We're too hard on that. Joe, he, there's uh, Kale said, and that's probably a, a point right here. Can we chill on a 20 year old rookie point guard though? Last year, Nunn and Shaq Harrison were a third point guard and they had little to no impact. Our established players can handle stuff. I think they can. I think D'Lo and uh, of course, Gabe Vincent, they're good enough to get you by during the regular season. I think they'll have to upgrade though, personally before the, for the playoffs. I think that would probably be preferred, especially what we saw from D'Lo in the playoffs. But you know, the, the thing is with a 20 year old, you and I focus on more uh, when we see how his performance has been over the past few games. What I see is what you see, Joe, is the fact that not just the fact that what he is at this point, but it's also the fact is what we lost and didn't draft in his place. Interesting. Uh, interesting comment. Uh, we just saw, or at least I did. I just watched the 20 year old Carlos Alcaraz. Alcaraz, Alcaraz. I think Alcaraz. Yes. Alcaraz. I was. I always want to say Alcatraz, but Alcaraz. I just saw a twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old beat the uh, the best tennis player I've ever watched in uh, Novak Djokovic today. At Wimbledon. An amazing match. Absolutely phenomenal. 
the days of being patient, unfortunately, are gone, especially when I see things like guys not playing when they should be playing. Because now I'm going, okay, are you willing to work hard enough to play? We saw players like Austin Reeves and Alex Crusoe, granted Alex Crusoe a little older, but we saw them grinding and playing hard. We never said anything negative about them because they showed it. But for me, I'm paying attention to more, are you giving enough to, you know, to, to, to give me a, a good feeling that you're going to play with? So Colin Castleton, there's a lot of back and forth on him. I haven't been back and forth on him because you can tell the guy's playing his butt off. There's a difference. So if you're playing your butt off and you're available and you're trying, yeah, you had a bad game here, you had a, good, a couple of good games here, then you had another bad game, that's fine. That's the whole process. If this guy was going to play out of this world, he would have been a top 10 pick, right? He's not. He's an undrafted player. So you do use that scale. But there's also the scale where I'm like, well, where is this guy? What's going on? Why isn't he taking a shot when he's wide open? Why isn't he going to the hole when he sees an open lane? When you're watching the game, you know, you're you're analyzing as as a, as a as a viewer, especially with us doing the show, it's different than what it was before we started doing the show. Before we could enjoy the game a little bit more. Now, if we want to have something of any relevance on the show to discuss, we need to pay attention to certain plays during a game that can back up what we say about particular players. And that's really what that is. So, so far, I'd say the biggest disappointment is Maxwell this, this, uh, this summer. Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis, yes. Because you you've had non-drafted guys that have played pretty darn well. He, he can, like Sean said, he doesn't even get 30 minutes, my friend. He only got 18 minutes and got hey, a, another. His third donut. His third donut of we, summer league. We, we talked about this. Look, he had 18 minutes to show something. We're talking about a quarter and a half. That's a pretty good number. I'm going to use Alex Caruso as an example again. I remember Alex Caruso averaged around 20 to 22 minutes a game during the regular season. And look what kind of impact that guy made. You can make an impact in a summer league game as a second-round pick for the Lakers with 18 minutes. Make a shot or run a play that makes sense, something like that. But I've seen guys that have struggled like that out of the gate. And figure it out. Yeah. If I had to give uh, a little bit of props to that process, look at Rui Hachimura. Rui came into L.A. after the trade, wasn't really playing spectacularly in any way, didn't play an entire game, and he was healthy, and then humbled himself, asked for help. We hear that a lot in life, right? John, you're on that world, substance issues with people. What's the first thing they say that you're going to st on, on the right step is it is asking for help, admitting that you've got a problem and you ask for help. Look yeah. what we did and look what happened after that. So these guys, we're going to figure out who's going to be that next guy. Maybe it'll take him a year. Maybe it'll take him two years. The and I will say though, I will say though, Maxwell Lewis on that very cheap contract up to four years and the last two years is the Lakers option. I think that's a great contract to see if he will pan out as a player. So I'm not we, too worried about him. Actually. I, 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 you know what, Gerald? I think the 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 example that NBA teams now use for young men who are drafted in the first round and go down to the G League, do you know who they use, Gerald? Who's that? Pascal Siakam. Oh, there you Pascal go. Siakam was a first-round pick 
for the Toronto Raptors. But the how Toronto- much is JHS? How much is his contract? That's the thing. The second round yeah. contract, the second round Maxwell Lewis, I don't, again, four years can develop up to four years, Lakers option after two and uh, the third and fourth year. JHS is the one I worry about because that not only are you worried about him and his development, the fact that he needs to go ahead and be able to help LeBron sooner or later because LeBron's on the ticking time clock, but also the fact that you gave up on someone and pe- let him pass on by someone that could very well be a good player in this league in Cam Whitmore, yeah, plus it, it, Jaime Hawkins Jr., plus other players as well. You're right, Gerald. No, when you put it that way, it's almost as if, unfortunately, through absolutely no fault of his own, by the Lakers selecting JHS, it's kind of created almost like a three-dimensional issue. Um, he needs serious work, as Gerald said. Two, you need a young player, preferably a guard, who takes the mantle away from LeBron at some point. Three, there is another player who a lot of people felt like you passed over and he's playing very well. And now that's creating a a larger external pressure within your player's mindset because now he's thinking, well, like you said, Gerald, it's 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 a it's a multifaceted issue, but I will say that for like for any young NBA player who's drafted in the first round, unless your name is Anthony Bennett or Hashim Thabit, you really shouldn't look at it as a negative, because that was a number one and a number two pick. Pascal Siakam was a number one pick by the Raptors. The Raptors determined that he was not ready to play in the NBA yet. What happened? Pascal went down to the G League. He played for the 905 for a year. In that year, he won uh, G League MVP, and the 905 won the uh, championship. And before his rookie contract was through, Pascal Siakam had won a G League MVP, a G League championship, and an NBA title, and was on his way to securing uh, a second contract that would set him and his family up generationally drilled. So it's not a little question here that JHS goes down to South Bay and uh, really turns some heads. I'm with you, Gerald. I think it's going to be slow. It's going to be a slow burn, unfortunately. Like, it's that's just the way it is with this young man. But hopefully down the line it pays dividends. But you're right, Gerald. For right now, people are just going to have to live with the fact that JHS is a work in progress. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do finish their summer league at 104 to 103 victory over the Clippers. Joe, when it comes to JHS, the thing I want to ask you, though, is we've seen the the performance of him so far struggle heavily in each and every game. He really didn't have a game where he had a lot that you could take on on the positive side. The thing is, when we stress this, the guy is earning four years, $17 million over the course of his contract. That's not too bad. You can easily trade that. That shouldn't be an issue if it doesn't pan out. But the thing is, though, Joe, the importance is we need players that can impact winning sooner rather than later because that time, the window is closing for LeBron, and you need valuable players that can step up, especially for him at this time. The only player that could significantly improve the Lakers this year is Max Christie. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to 
really make things much easier for them during the season and maybe even in the playoffs. Well, we're going to touch on him next. That's anyone cool. else? Anyone else? Shafino could be terrible this year. Castleton could just deer in headlights when, when real basketball comes. Uh, Maxwell Lewis, they all can just bomb at least year one, let's say. It's not going to affect the Lakers at all. The Lakers have enough depth. They have enough of a team set up right now other than one, maybe one more big. And we're, we're about trying to win this championship next year here in uh, 2024. Whatever anybody else can help with, cool. Demoy Hodge, hey, keep hitting those shots, and he's, he's going to have an NBA career. Whether it's with the Lakers or not, we're going to find out. But the Lakers need to focus on making sure that they, they have this – this team set in a way where chemistry is there. There's a flow. There's a, there's, 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 there's a guys are playing in the, in the right spots. Guys are being coached correctly. Uh, it doesn't look like you're going to have to deal with any stubborn guys on this team. Like you had in the last two years with, you know, who, uh, those are the things that, that I'm paying attention to right now. And there's really no one else. I, we watched summer league here to see exactly what we're talking about. Who is going to be the guy that's going to sneak out of there and go, Ooh, we got a, we got another one. That's all this is. If none of them come out, even if it's, I'm not going to harp on the, the, the pick uh, right now, it'll probably be more two, three years from now, because really Hood Shafina was a two, three year pick. Rob said, this is a future pick. This is not a, which in a weird way is like, what, what does that even mean? What do you mean future pick? You sound like the Clippers when they told Kobe, we want LA to take a, take us seriously. We can't draft a high school kid. We all saw what happened there. So, yeah, these words words are interesting. Words are interesting when when they're flashy, right? Sometimes those who don't use flash and just use emotion and direct responses, most people just dis- detest that, right? Because it's too real. It's Ooh, he's being rude or, oh, he's being negative. But if you say, instead of, well, we're looking at this from a passive aggressive situation or we're uh, cautiously optimistic. That's probably one of my favorite, one of my favorite lines, cautiously optimistic. What the f- does that even mean? Seriously, what does that mean? Cautiously optimistic. If there was ever an oxymoron, and I, I emphasize moron when someone says that, that's it. Either you are or you're not, right? That's like saying, well, I'm optimistic, but I'm also being careful. What do you mean? Well, then you're not optimistic. So it's hard for, for, for regular folks who, you know, I, I, I went to spin this last week. You know, the spins, the the you know, the, the bike thing, I went Monday through Friday, right? And, and one, of the, one of the things I loved about this class, because I usually don't go to classes, I usually just do my own thing, is it's in the dark, right? It's in the dark. It's freaking phenomenal. I'm in the back. They're doing their thing. The music's going on, and you're sweating for basically 45 minutes. Great, great workout. But certain instructors are there going, let's go, and let's defeat all our negativity and let's this and yeah yeah like all that stuff right 
Now, I know certain people need that. I get it. Hey, God bless you. I hope it helps. Probably does. Keep doing your thing. Me, man, I'm thinking about what am I going to eat for breakfast while that's going on, right? I'm doing my thing. All right, cool. I'm going to have some eggs, get some oatmeal, all that stuff. Boom, 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 right? So, <laughs> so when we when we talk about players who are doing things, do you really want us to go Trevor Lane on you? Oh, well, let me cross my legs. Hold on. There we go. He's struggling in this year's summer league. And we're hoping and cautiously optimistic that he will improve before training camp starts. And maybe he can be an integral part of this season's team. Is that what you want? Actually kind of sounded good, didn't it? Pretty good. I was impressed. So imagine going to those, uh, you know, uh, real estate seminars. That's what that was, right? All the cliches and all the feel-good points. Do we all get a free gift for showing up? Keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, okay? When they screw, when someone screws up, doesn't matter if they're 8, 9, 12, 45, 88, Forget about it. Stop thinking that way. When I'm when I when I'm, when my kids were were kind of getting into that five six range, right? When they were getting into that five six range, I started hearing something. Every year it was the same story. Oh well, Joe, they're five. You know, <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Then all of a sudden they're six, and then it's like, well, Joe, they're six. Okay, and then seven. And then eight. And then one day I'm like, what is this end? Oh, they're teenagers. Oh, they just graduated. Oh, they're college. Oh, they're 30. And they don't know. When does it end? No. I said, no, no. Stop. Stop talking. You're going to learn right now at nine. You don't learn it now. You're going to struggle learning it at 20, right? What did George Carlin say? uh, When when you tell a 23-year-old who's been pampered his whole life, when a 23-year-old finally gets a job after he gets out of college and finally meets a boss that tells him what an idiot he is, what does that do to that guy's psyche after 23 years? Imagine your whole life you've been told you're great. Oh, here's this, and you go conquer the world, man. You go do it. And then the, you finally make a mistake in the wrong place, and that boss goes, what are you, stupid? Come on. So my point here is, guys, I don't really understand the, well, he's 20, guys. He's a rookie. We, I get what you're saying to a degree, but the guy played 18 minutes. He didn't do anything. And he's got non-drafted players doing, doing a lot of work, doing good stuff. Where are you? That's all we're saying. Did you really have to go do that? I know I said it. I'm sorry. Thrown out to the wolves. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> Latest controversy. Oh. Sean, <sighs> before I go ahead and make sure... And only, it really, you, you accentuate those those little flubs, Gerald. You need to forget about it. Oh, How can I? Because I know what's because coming up after it. Because it's context. This country needs to understand what context is. Sean... Max Christie has been the true consistent bright spot every single game for the Lakers in summer league. 
And as I sweat this one out, I wanted to go ahead in more ways than one, not just inside the house, but outside. Want to hear your thoughts. Max Christie, he obviously proved that he was too good for summer league with consistent play, but I want to also hear your thoughts though on what's going on with Max Christie's development. Do you see him getting now a chance to go ahead and make not only make the rotation, but be an integral part of what the Lakers are doing this season? Uh, I think so, Gerald. Um, I'd be uh, very surprised if he wasn't playing on a second unit with either Gabe Vincent or D'Angelo Russell's as opposite guard. And his, his, um, you know, he had, I, I, they don't keep these stats, but you know, he must've been the ball handler. I would say for at least more than 40% of the possessions, at least, uh, uh, initiation. So that was a little different to see because last year he wasn't really an on-ball initiator at all. They didn't ask him to create uh, for others. This year was a pleasant surprise. He got better at a lot of different skills that we were hoping. Uh, He's a better shooter. He's a better facilitator. His dribble is a lot better, Gerald. That was one thing we were noticing last year is that his dribble was a little sloppy right um it looks like he plays with more pace now which is great it sounds it it looks like his game is matured like we were hoping it matured uh given what he was saying um over the uh the evaluation from uh the end of the year but he's shown himself to be a very 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 worthy contributor on the team Gerald and I would hope that the Lakers would add some responsibility for him um, just to see if he can handle it because I think he can what's already on his plate. So I, I do see this, this young man as slotting into our backup off guard role, but he does have a lot of uh, skills uh, that can be honed, still honed obviously, but playing beside somebody like Gabe Vincent or D'Angelo Russell will only, uh, only make him better. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 104 to 103 over the Los Angeles Clippers with an exciting nail biting. Okay, well, it's just summer league. Okay, but finale to summer league. Joe, when it comes to what you're seeing overall, I mean, I think everybody's going to start passing out summer league grades for as a team and as players. Uh, I think I'll start off with you. I think you can't give anything other than an A to Max Christie for the way he played in summer league. Yeah, and he should have. This this is a guy that has immense talent playing against talent that is, is a level below his talent. And he came in and did what he needed to do to prove that he has a chance here in the next three months to come into training camp and be a rotational player. And, man, if if he is truly a rotational player and has 20 to 25 minutes in him, it's it's that it's though it's that particular play that will only add to the to the benefit of this offseason. Uh, Gabe Vincent, the re-signing of uh, Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves improvement. Darvin Ham's putting a little pressure on him uh, in terms of saying that he he sees him being an all-star. Oof, man! Just imagine this. Let's just say Gabe Vincent solves a little bit of the defensive problems that we had at the guard position, right? at least can stay in front of his man, right? 
Then you have a all-star Austin Reeves, and then you have a rotational player in in uh, Max Christie. You have you have now likely exceeded last year's team. How do you exceed last year's team? Last year's team with went to the Western Conference Finals. Does that mean they're a Finals team now? Eh, maybe, but you also have to factor in that it's one more year of LeBron playing, right? And that's likely going to continue to dip down more and more if we're using normal setups, right? Maybe LeBron is the exception. Maybe he's Tom Brady. He's going to get better next year. I don't know. But uh, we're we're in a very, very good position. And Rob, uh, Rob has put us there in terms of his acquisitions and the way he set up the team. It's going to be Darvin Ham and the players uh, now to uh, make him look good because if they don't look good, I am not blaming Rob. I'm not going to blame Rob this time. He put those guys there, fulfilled every need almost. I think we're one one player away, which I think we're still waiting on the right situation there. We are going to get something. But as far as the meat of this, is, it's there. It's time. It's time to it's time to go after it now. We're not having to worry about, you know, what can we do this year to hope to make it. Uh, you have flexibility on top of that. So if things don't work out, you're at least – in a position to maybe upgrade like you did last year without the pressure of having to, oh man, we're going to have to overhaul everything. If we do happen to change during the season, it's going to be something where it's going to be one or two plugins and that's it. That won't, that won't veer off too much of the chemistry or too much of the core. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Want to go ahead before I turn to Sean, Joe, uh, in the chat, Kale Nickerson was saying, that's kind of a clown take, Ox1947. I bet teams wish they would have been willing to be cautiously optimistic with Kobe. Your earlier take on Kobe, what do you have to say in response? Hold on, let me read what he said. Who is this? Uh, Kale Nickerson said it's kind of a clown take. I bet teams wish they would have been willing to be cautiously i'm not sure i understand the question okay maybe just say as far as the development for kobe because kobe remember kobe in his first season obviously struggled a little bit the you know the utah playoff game the fact he only averaged i think seven points in his first season they did take their time trying to development he came off the bench took a about what a season before he replaced byron scott in the rotation if i'm not mistaken first of all first of all the thing with Kobe, we've I've said this before, Kobe was the first perimeter player to come out from high school to the NBA. That was a, there was nothing close. At that time, it's easy to say that now, but at that time, there was, he was the only perimeter player to go from, to, to declare from high school to the NBA and NBA history, modern NBA history. I don't know if it happened in the 50s or 40s, but um, with that, 
there was really nothing to compare. Now, I, I, I clown on the Clippers on the decision on not drafting them because they're the Clippers. They always screw up. Well, no matter how good they make things, they still screw up in the end. That's just what they do. Uh, as far as cautiously optimistic with Kobe, uh, that's what Del Harris did his first year. And Kobe wanted to play. And Kobe had talent to play. But Del Harris had that cautious optimism about whether to play this guy or not. You're talking about a guy in his second season who should have won six man of the year and was an all-star starter. What do you, what do you want me to say, guys? Well, uh, I mean, I mean, you, you tell me, okay. Jerry West, the greatest executive in sports history, in my opinion, saw him for 10 minutes. Look what happened. What? Jerry West was looking at guys that were coming from college to the NBA. Why all of a sudden did Jerry pick this guy who had never, who he didn't know, a perimeter guy, a small, skinny guy, thinking, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to be next, next level out of nowhere. Why would he do that? And that's how these guys work, man. That's how these guys work. Cautiously optimistic. That's basically saying, oh, I can't use that analogy. Um, uh, Gerald, uh, if I may follow up with that, uh, Joe's correct. And although technically he wasn't a guard, he wasn't really a big either. They're really only two successful players to play a perimeter game to come out of high school were Kobe and T-Mac. And if you look at both of their rookie years, T-Mac played just a little bit more, scored a little bit more, played a little bit more, but not by much. And that, but that's all, I think that's all Joe was reiterating. It just, it, it, it depends on the guy and what situation he ends up in. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you being part of what we do here. The Lakers do win 104 to 103. Uh, but before we head on out, guys, I just want to go ahead and say that we'll be doing probably more deep dives on the, the guys playing in summer league here this week. But a lot to talk about still. Of course, also as well, we're going to be doing a Lakers history 101 summer class this week as well. Going to probably set up for Tuesday for the 2017 champions of summer league and that's going to be the los angeles lakers so we're going to go ahead and talk about that for tuesday plus we've got other great shows lining up for you as well i'm obviously going to go ahead and cover a lot of things over the course of the next nine weeks without basketball in our lives so uh there's fiba that of course sean did mention that as far as fiba what's going to go on there so hopefully we can add that to the mix as far as the show is concerned but joe before we head on out uh, I know that Kale's saying LeBron not a perimeter player. I mean, come on, like, come on, like, like listen, you, you're getting a little ridiculous here. LeBron was ready to play in the NBA for 36 minutes from day one. What are you talking about? Kale, give your head a shame. Test us. He was trying to troll us early. He's been trying to troll us ever since he, he joined us here. But you look, know, man, I created not, that game. One look. of those two guys were were ready to play. I created LeBron. that game. So if you want to play that game, just you're gonna get gonna get beat up and don't that could be good. That don't go crying, good. don't go crying away and unsubscribe because your feelings get hurt. Don't troll unless you got the information. Okay. Deshaun Stevens, though, he's asking. I thought he was a perimeter player, personally. I, I, okay, first of all, what did I say about when this happened? 
This is 1996, not 2003. We know in 2003 now. We knew in 2005. I'm talking about 1996. Okay, Kevin Garnett came from high school to the NBA. The reason why he went, for, by the way, a lot of the reason why he went from high school to the NBA is he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he passed his SATs to go to college. So he just said, screw it. I'm going to uh, the NBA then at, at this point. He was the first guy that went from high school to the NBA since Moses Malone. It was a while. It was like two decades. And then Kobe came in the next year being the first little guy. I didn't want to, I want. I was going to say little player, but I don't know if it sounded right. Six, six. Big guys. Usually it was big guys. Kobe was a small guy. He was a small guy coming out of high school, which is, if you there was an interview a with runt. Him. He was a runt of the litter. And he was tiny, guys, in relative terms of the NBA. Six foot six. I think he weighed like 190 pounds. So you're talking about guys at that time in the 90s. If you remember the scores during the during the 90s, you saw San Antonio beating New York, what, 79 to 77? I mean, those were the games. You got the you-know-what beat out of you. If Kobe had come out 20 years later, yeah, of course. It would have been much easier for him to uh, – or much easier to take him seriously because you can't touch anybody anymore. So with that – um, yeah, if you're going to start bringing all that, that heat, you better make sure, uh, better make sure you have your own air conditioner because we're going to, we're going to blow right back. Be careful. Uh, uh, I think what, but they're asking though, if LeBron James is a perimeter player, I mean, at this stage, you could say he plays a lot on, on the perimeter. He takes enough shots out on the perimeter. Uh, I can see what does that, that have to do with my discussion with, with, with 96 and Kobe, but that's what talk about Kale was asking Look. in the chat. When 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 LeBron came out, he was not a perimeter player. He was a north to south transition monster. That's what he was. He was a transition machine. He developed a perimeter game uh, after two years because Cleveland didn't make the playoffs for the first two years he was there. He was ready to go from day one. But his game wasn't polished. Nobody's game is. But he was the most ready NBA player ever out of high school. Ever. No question about it. Ready to go from day one, 36 minutes. But I would not I would not call him a perimeter player coming out. Coming out, no, but I would say definitely he's evolved into something of that because he, he does play he has, yes. on the perimeter. I mean, you're, you, hey, he, he's top 10 all-time in three-pointers made. So he did develop a perimeter game, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody's saying that. But coming out, definitely not a perimeter player. Kale has a response for you, Joe. He says, there are plenty of examples where it is a strategic advantage to be cautiously optimistic. That's all he's trying to say. Ox1947, your take on that is a clown take, which I think is just gets you into more trouble when you with Joe right here. When you talk about asking him saying it's <laughs> well clown. when you're wrong and you double up on your wrong, I mean that goes to show you that you're gonna continue to be wrong. And I'm you know if you want to keep being wrong, I'll I'll tell you if you want to so Ger- Gerald um Friday night you were uh you were unavailable for this question. So w- what did you make of all the hoopla surrounding Darvin Ham and what he had to say about uh money Michael Malone and uh, how it's not over between those two yet. I said in the chat because I was outside my house while work was being done. I said outside yep. and I thought that, uh, you know what, 
funny how the Lakers and Frank Vogel weren't saying that about Michael Malone when they were beating up on him on 2020 on their way to a world championship as well. It just, I think that the memory seems to fade very quickly and be so short term when you get some success that you're not used to, because it's the first time it, this is, you know, Denver's had any kind of success like this in their lives and you either handle it gracefully or you don't. And it seems like Mike Malone has not. And uh, you know, it's things like that and words like that and confidence like that. He has his team is great, but the, you know, the losses that they've had as far as their depth and you know, the fact that he has providing a lot of uh, bulletin board material for the Lakers, it's going to get him and, you know, in a lot of trouble and a lot of hot water probably by the end of the season, but we'll see. We'll see again. He's still got Nikola Jokic and, you know, as long as you have the two-time MVP, you're not going off on a bad note. You maybe can talk tough. Seems to me like the little guy that's right behind the big football player that's your best friend, like my bodyguard. So you can go ahead and talk all the smack that you want because you know that you got the my bodyguard right behind you, the big guy behind you. Go ahead and cleaning up all your messes. The thing is you can only do it for so long until someone bigger and badder gets to you. So we'll see about that, my friend. I just think, though, again, when it comes to Denver, they've got some things that they 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 still have. The, obviously, a great starting five, but I'm very concerned now about their bench. And if somebody gets hurt on that Denver team in that starting lineup, it could spell doom for their repeat chances. Yeah, I agree, Gerald. I agree. Um, you know, unfortunately, relying on uh, on Christian Brown and uh, and or Reggie Jackson as uh, a safety valve. And- DeAndre Jordan, right Jordan, there. yeah. Bring him back, DJ, for another year. What does he have on all these executives? He must have know. a dossier on just about everyone, and it just plays. I, uh, I remember right. I, I showed you during the, during playback. He's got the file, and he's going to go ahead. I've got the pictures there, Denver. Naughty <laughs> pictures, blackmail. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to get me on your team for one more year. <laughs> Something must like have, that. So. Must have seen Calvin Booth or uh, Josh Crunky at the wrong party, Gerald. I uh, hear you. But the other thing I want to <laughs> go I hear Krusty the Clown since we're talking about clowns tonight. No, Crunky. He's a Crunky. I'm talking funny. about you. No. <laughs> there you go. See, All I right. did hear it. But, the other thing I wanted to mention, though, what you guys were talking about on Friday is Ham's insistence that, uh, you know, we're going to see a Austin Reeves all-star party at some point in time. I don't want to – that's just – stop. Don't do that to the kid. Let the kid play with Team FIBA, Team USA. Let him develop. We saw the situation before with Kyle Kuzma where, he's, you know, he started to get some more confidence, had a good season, started to play with Team USA, and then it went in a different direction. He regrouped had a good season in Washington and he's now he's got a nice paycheck. Let Austin Reeves develop and grow without putting that kind of pressure on him that he's going to be for sure an all-star in the league one one of these days. He may very well be, but please let the kid play. It's better for your team if you don't put those kind of undue pressures on him. Like Yeah, we want to be cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know you're going to do that. Well, okay, then put the pressure on the kid. Let's see what happens there as far as trying to go ahead. You know what pressure does? Magic Man, finish it off for me. What does pressure do? Yeah, pressure pressure creates diamonds or pressure bus pipes. Okay. It's simple, guys. 
keep it simple. <laughs> Your feelings get hurt about reality. What? We live in reality, folks. We don't live in, a ma- in the Matrix as much as you want to believe it. The Matrix is fake. It's a movie. And I keep hearing the blue pill, red pill. There is no blue. There's no red. We were supposed to have flying cars by now. We're never getting flying cars, ever. Stop Stop with the fantasies. Come on. Let's get here. Let's get going. Some guys you can pressure, and they respond. Austin Reeves is one of them. He's not going to be LeBron, obviously. But if D'Angelo Russell can be an all-star, you're telling me Austin Reeves can't be an all-star? Yeah, that's a good point. Come on, yeah, man. Go ahead. That's a good point. It's, oh, I didn't say he can't. I said he, there's a possibility. Already putting that pressure on him that he will be, I think, you know, obviously. If he is, I'm telling you guys, if he is this year, Lakers are winning it all. I'm just saying. We'll see, we'll see what happens. It's going to happen, but I'm just saying. See what happens indeed. But is the Lakers fast break? Great to have everyone here watching and listening. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. I do want to apologize for those that might have been offended by Joe's words earlier. Uh, again, the, thanks the for reminding us the tour de force that he always talks about. As far as context, but before we head on out, I got to mention it before we head on out. Context. Yeah. Well. If you're gonna speak, if you're gonna be offended by every word that someone says that's not PC, then context is gonna be taught as well. Hello, lasagna. Hope all is well with lasagna on Twitch. Truly appreciate you watching. Ooh, that this sounds season. good right now. Yep, that actually does. Uh, but before we head on out, my friend, I do want to go ahead and mention that we will have a show tomorrow night. We'll go ahead and talk about what's going on in the NBA. It'll be at NBA observations. Then Tuesday, Lakers History 101. Sean, my friend, the Lakers and Summer League at three of four. I know at some point in time we may want to go ahead into a deeper dive on the Summer League, but we covered it pretty good in context today. I know that a lot of people are going to be talking about breaking down each of the Lakers and their chances to go ahead, and we've got a whole nine weeks to go ahead and do that. Your thoughts, though, my friend, before we head on out. Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Um, kind of an interesting Summer League, up and down, really. Uh, a lot of promise. Uh, before the ball tipped up and then um, we were slightly shocked at what we saw, not in a good way, obviously from uh, a couple of the guys, Uh, a couple of standout surprises. um, And eventually Gerald, they all came back to earth. I mean, three and two, uh, not terrible, got uh, their feet wet a little bit. Um, I'm still in the camp that um, hopefully Demoy Hodge doesn't, uh, uh, cool off. Uh, hopefully he continues to throw up about five hundred to a thousand shots a day. Um, because if he if he continues to just be a gunner and make these shots, he's making the roster. There's no question about it. Um, Castleton needs a lot of work. JHS needs a lot of work. Max Lewis needs a lot of work. So our young guys need to show a lot of promise over the next year, Gerald, because they're certainly not going to get a lot of burn with the big leagues. Um, They're just not ready yet. One thing I want to say before we go was the fact that, like Joe said, we still have one more roster spot, really, if we're going to go 14 to still fill out. And Sean passed along something earlier today in our awesome email chat about the possibility that there's still reason why that, that Christian Wood is still a free agent. 
well, PJ Washington is probably still rated ahead of him, but PJ Washington is restricted. So nobody wants to go ahead and touch that with a 10 foot pole at this point in time. But when it comes to Christian Wood, Joe, you know, the thought was that I guess there was a report that you saw or rumored that the fact is that the rumor is that uh, that Christian Wood and his representatives are trying to work out a possible sign and trade with whatever team, i.e. the Lakers, Miami, or whoever, uh, as far as a sign and trade so he can actually get more cash. And the only way the Lakers would do that is with somebody like Jared Vanderbilt or something like that, to, you know, as far as compensation in return. I'd say, you know what, I like Christian Wood, but I'm sorry. I think at this point in time, you get on the roster as fast as you can and take whatever you can take. Yeah, it was just like the discussion whether CP3 was going to get bought out by Washington and the Lakers would pick him up. Rumor had it he would be picked up by the Lakers should they do that. I never saw that happening because I didn't see uh, Chris Paul taking less in his buyout. It's just I didn't see it. He wants his money. And he was only worth the veteran minimum on that team, and I believe that Christian Wood is the same. You don't give up assets for someone who you know already no one wants. Dallas doesn't even want him. Wait it out. If he's available for the veteran minimum, pick him up. And that will be a huge plus. If you get him in any other way, it starts to get to the negative. Because if he starts to become a problem, then your investment goes to crap. And on top of the fact that you have to deal with him. So you got to be careful. And they have inside knowledge, right? Jason Kidd does not like Christian Wood. That There's nothing that's been hidden about that. The Lakers have a lot of respect for Jason Kidd. I have a different view on that to a degree. Jason Kidd has had a history of weird things since his playing days. So I don't really hold too much there, but I know the Lakers respect them. And I know that there's some respect back there as well. Uh, So we'll, I I just, I just believe that he's probably not going to get what he wants. He's going to have to take a veteran minimum somewhere. And it's, his best spot to showcase himself is LA. And it's there's an open spot there. There's an open position. Should Darvin Ham decide to put him there? And that's going to be a question for a, la- a later time. So, Sean, when you made that, I uh, saw that rumor and you sent it along to us, uh, you know, it just shows that, again, they're trying to work every angle that they can. But it ultimately, it just seems like to me they just got to go ahead and bite the bullet and say, you know what, resurrect your career and resurrected while you're still at 27 and start doing it with a team that could actually give you playing time you need. I know that Adam uh, and I went back and forth because Adam for the past uh, couple shows was talking about when he's starting, he got two block shots a game. I had to unfortunately notify him that he had the worst defensive rating of his career last season at 113 plus Mm -hmm. his, his defensive rating has gone in the wrong direction in the last few years. So again, it is about the defense with him. That's part of the reason why he's still out there. I want to give him a chance because of what he can do, especially if LeBron and AD are out of the lineup, especially what he can do offensively. But your overall thoughts on Christian Wood before we head on out. Yeah, Gerald, uh, I'm I'm with you and Joe. I think that um, the only reasonable option is just to, uh, again, uh, circle the wagons and offer him look this is the vet men um if you sign it two things are very clear one you're starting center and two uh you'll be paying be playing for the eminent franchise in the nba and while you're only making the vet men at this time 
what we're going to be able to do for you is provide you with national exposure, which is something you did not get in Houston, Detroit, and Dallas. You'll be on national TV at least twice a week, Christian. And if we perform well and you perform well, that means that we're going deep in the playoffs and look at everybody who signed a big deal this this summer. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks. I could go on and on. A lot of those guys made their fame in the playoffs, and that's why they got paid. It would behoove Rui Chris- Hashimura. Rui Hashimura. I, I stay corrected, Gerald. Yes. Austin Reeves. I could go on and on. Uh, but the fact is, he, his best opportunity to resurrect his career and also ex- um, be exposed to a greater audience and a greater chance at a bigger payday would be signing with the Lakers. Forgive me, Kurt. I'm a worrier when it comes to Rui Hashimura. I, I, I agree with you, dog. He will probably start. Rui will. Uh, I'm just not sure he should. He, can't, he had such a, uh, Joe, such a great way of, of, of coming off the bench, giving us what we need. Plus the fact, you know, I know he's working with Phil Handy and the team on his consistency, but we saw over the course of his career and the time that he was drafted, consistency has been an issue. I don't think we'll get the 30 point, 30% uh, three-point shooter that we saw in Washington. I also don't think we're going to get the 48% shooter that we saw in the playoffs. If we can get something in between from Rui, I would be really happy with that. Rui is not the issue in terms of starting versus bench. I think it's, it's better off the bench, personally, as a six-man. It's, it's better off the bench on this team because that yeah. means AD can slide to the four, and if we have a starting center, that allows – AD to perform in his best position. You could play LeBron at the point and maybe start Rui at the three in certain spots. That could be a possibility. That could be a team that could maybe make sense with, you know, at that point sliding AD to the center and in certain matchups. Especially but if it's 36%. That's going to, that's going to have to, that's going to have to be something where somebody like Gabe Vincent or, or D'Angelo Russell uh, or Austin Reeves are hitting from from outside. It, there's a flexibility here. If you can get a serviceable center where you can, Darvin Ham can have his cake and eat it too. That's another lame line, uh, by the way. I never really understood that. What does that even mean? Eat, Have your cake and eat it too. When do you have cake and not eat it? Oh, it doesn't taste very good. Like, but... who, who gets cake and go, well, guys, I have the cake, but I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to eat it. Like seriously, no, devil's food. I will be. You guys know about that? Like I, I never understood that one. You're making me think very fondly of devil's food cake right now. That's all okay. I'm saying. All right. Anyways, so, yeah, flexibility is key here, and preservation. Flexibility, preservation. Those are the two words I want the 2023, 2024 season to be about. Flexibility, preservation. You do those two things, and you're going to be in a very good position to contend for a title. That's right. Marie Antoinette, that's right. That's right. Originated the the, the phrase. <laughs> yep, and we all knew what happened you see there. How, you see how great? So, so between Magic Man and our crowd, 
That's ass, guys. I know you guys know every, you guys know everything, man. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, once again, okay. come to the Laker show and hear Marie Antoinette lines history <laughs> about the French Revolution. Come on, guys. This is this is the show, man. This is what this is what it's about. Absolutely, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly great to have everyone here. The best Lakers chat room can be found nowhere else but then in the Lakers fast break. Again, we're coming back at you tomorrow with some NBA observations. Then after that, it is Lakers History 101, and we're going to have still a lot of content for you in the coming days and weeks. We're not bailing out on you. I hear all these other shows that, well, now that Summer League is over, I think we're going to go down to one show a week. I think we're going to do something like that. No, no, no. As LA Knight says, no, no. We're going to go ahead and we're going to be free here for you each and every time out. We're getting some good, uh, you know what? I'll tell you what, views are going up. That's right. More viewers are coming in before we leave. I don't know if we should go just yet, but Magic Man, I know it's late for you. You make the call, my friend. Should we talk about Summer League players' standouts a little bit longer, or should we go ahead and head on out? Let's kick up the jams, Cheryl. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's see if we can get to 50 here. 50 indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate everyone watching and listening. The Lakers do win 104 to 103. I want to ask you this, Sean, though. Again, overall, the team was three and four. Max Krusky proved to be someone that's outstanding consistently, which is what we wanted to see in the second year. Second year players have to dominate in the summer league. If they don't, that's a big, big, huge red light for anyone out there is watching as far as the NBA is concerned had to go ahead and and just contribute max christie you've already talked about him as a a probable could you know rotation guy that's going to play a key role on the team when we see someone like lj figueroa however two games 17 and 23 you can only take so much stock because i told you it's the latter end of summer league and it's just almost like in a way like the latter end of the regular season where people just playing out the string but my question to you on this, why did not the summer league coach actually put, think about putting LJ Figueroa in sooner? Yeah, that's a great question, Gerald. I thought, uh, I thought uh, Coach Dubois would have uh, put uh, LJ into the starting lineup, actually. Um, given his effort in the last game, he, him and Hodge were the, uh, the only Lakers who really showed up. Uh, yeah, a bit confounding there. You know, the, the kid played uh, really hard in the previous game. Um, uh, all, all due respect to Victor, he's going to have some great dunks in his career. I thought LJ Figueroa had the dunk of the Summer League um, Friday night against I, I the think still the one over The one over uh, uh, by Kai Jones. Uh, okay. Over, all right. over Victor. I think that was number one for me. But still, impress, impressive putback. Um, yes, Jalen Duran had some whammers as well. Yes, he did. He did have some hammers. You're right, Gerald. Um, but I'm I'm biased with wearing my purple and gold rose-colored glasses here. Yeah, I'm happy for the guy, Gerald, but you're right. I mean, like, great story. Um, really an example of what uh, all-out heart hustle and uh, effort can give you. Um, it could get you 23 points in a summer league game against uh, guys who are trying to get to the big dance. Um, I think LJ is going to be a great uh, camp body, Gerald, and um, 
it, it looks like he's just a good influence overall and everybody else. Like Max Christie was talking about how um, as much as he forged a relationship with uh, Russell Westbrook on the Lakers, he also developed one with uh, like Figueroa on South Bay. So uh, hopefully he comes back into training camp uh, reinvigorated and plays well again. And one thing I want to ask you, Joe, is – you know, you and I touch on it, and we're going to keep on touching on it as far as Cam Whitmore and his development. People want to go to, over to the Summer League stats on NBA.com. They can really see it out there for sure. Because when you look at it, of the first-year players, Joe, finished in the top five as far as scoring at over 20 points a game. Just want to give everybody a heads up on that. And we wonder why, or you guys wonder why we say what we say as far as what we see already from a kid like that. Still has to work on some things like his free throw shooting wasn't good. A uh, little bit from the outside, a little bit uh, short there as far as what we're concerned. But the kid's a scorer. The kid's a scorer in this league. Really, even with a 29% free throw, uh, 29% three-point shooting and a 62% from the free throw line, the kid can gun. The kid can gun averaging also as well nine rebounds a game. And actually, no, not nine rebounds. I'm sorry. He only averaged uh, six rebounds a game. But he did have the eight steals in that one game. Overall, just a truly good performance from him. Again, he was given the green light, and he took it strong. Well, the reliance on experts to help you analyze, doesn't matter what industry it is, but in this specific discussion, Stone Cold Hansen is a draft guru. This is someone who spends hours upon hours evaluating talent. Because we can't do that. I can't, Gerald. I mean, we watch how many hours of basketball a day sometimes? Three, four hours, maybe a day during the season, which is a lot, right? And then we do a show. So we're, we're there. To ask us to do another 10 hours, geez, I don't know. It's not possible unless you don't have a life, which I'm not saying Stone doesn't have a life. That's his life. That's what he does. That's what he chose to do. So I'm going to lean on what he says because he knows. And I've done enough questioning of Stone to figure out that this guy doesn't really, he's not really wrong often. He's actually right. And he was very clear that there might have been a mistake in terms of what we decided to do at the draft. And we saw something that rarely happens, which is a player that's astronomically talented that fall that fell as far as he did. And that that's this, you know, I just I, I'm just hoping it doesn't become a problem uh down the road. Uh yeah, Stone Stone Hansen, guys. Stone Hansen might be coming to retirement here in about a month, unfortunately, but we're gonna try to keep him on the show as much as we can. I'm assuming he's still going to watch basketball and, you know, keep up with some things, but he won't be, uh, he won't be analyzing uh, by the minute all day, every day. The basketball world, it will be at a loss if he does decide to go. It is. And I'm hoping that in the future, as the show gets bigger, we can be a channel for him to, to go. And that's, that's going to be an important part of, of, of what we're doing here on the show is we build enough of a, of credibility here to where we can actually influence certain people in the industry, which is part of why we want to want to want to make sure this is a, is a, is a, is a good setup. Sean, I, before, oh, go ahead, Sean, go ahead. Yeah, Gerald, I had a question for you. 
do you, do you think that uh, Pete Nance will get uh, any playing time for the Cleveland Cavaliers this year? Because that would mean that his father played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, his brother played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he would play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that's a really cool story, man. He's one of the he's one of the uh, standout breakout stars from the summer league. Is Pete Nance? That's true. Absolutely, it could be a great story indeed. Another great story though is Colin Castleton. I want to go ahead and, and run the numbers by you real quick, guys, before we head on out. Thirteen and a half points on fifty-one percent shooting, eighty-one percent for the line, which was probably to me one of the more impressive things that he's done. The assist total is, I think, about four and a half a game, which is really impressive. It is big for a guy that's playing underneath most of the time. Ten rebounds a game uh, and also added in a uh, almost uh, almost a block a game. He, he kind of tailed off on the blocks uh, as the summer league went on. But again, something of promise, something of note. I do know that he needs to work on some things, work on his strength. But yeah, definitely a uh, good good to uh, see him play the way he did and give a lot of faith to a lot of people that Castleton could do to get the job done. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. And, um, you know, some of the, some of these guys do come as you know, Gerald, Gerald knows some of these guys just do not, for whatever reason, either play like specific zones or are just a, just dead set opposed on playing man to man. I think that's maybe where Castleton ran into a little bit of trouble. Gerald is that, you know, actually defending NBA sets versus college sets. And, uh, you know, I, I think processing as stone calls it is, uh, is, you know, an issue for Colin as well as on the defensive end. I think offensively he's, he's further along than he is defensively. Wouldn't you say? I would say that's correct. Absolutely. Uh, but my friends, I think it's time that uh, we're going to be heading on out. Joe, I know you've been a great time dealing with the awesome chat room. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is at the Lakers fast break. I know that we're talking about cake now because I'm getting really kind of hungry. Broche, a whole bunch of other good stuff being typed into the chat. Any last thoughts from you, my friend, before we head on out? <laughs> Okay, short and sweet to the point. Just get to the bakery indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 104 to 103 on a last 0.4 second left free throw after a really dumb move fouling Cole Swider even before the ball was inbounded by the Clippers, allowing him to go ahead and hit the winning free throw. Could that be the last thing he ever does for us in a Lakers uniform? We'll find out. You know, good three-point shooter, not giving you a whole bunch else. See what that is uh, valued on the team. We'll find out exactly going on if Cole Swider and some of these other kids can go ahead and get the, the training camp invite, make the roster. We'll see what goes from there. Kurt Affair said was trying to say that with a Gerald warning. Yes, absolutely, a Gerald warning indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. We will be back tomorrow. For NBA observations, then on Tuesday, it's Lakers History 101. Looking for those. Who is wearing their red nose after this? Kale Nickerson says, well, hopefully not me. That just means I've stepped outside and got sunburned in 116-degree weather. So don't want to do that indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you watching listening. Joe Soro and Sean Grice are smiling. 
Everybody's happy. I'm inside in air conditioning. It's everything is good. <laughs> what is your bill over there? Like eight hundred dollars a month? It must be absolutely. I'm telling my wife. I keep telling her to do the solar thing. I want to do the. It's solar funny thing. people talk about how you know going to Nevada. You know, no state income tax. All I'm like, yeah, because you're you're getting bent over by AC charges. Your your bills in Arizona and Nevada are. What are they? I think I've heard some bills are like twelve hundred bucks a month. I mean, you might as well it's, be paying a mortgage. Exactly. It's it can be pretty bad out here, but once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Don't expect any green lawns here as well either. It's all rocks and sand. Barren, barren, barren sand. It's yeah, bad, exactly. bad marketing over there. That's why I'll be. I'll get there soon enough. Don't worry. Okay. About Fair enough. But when oh, I hop okay, in the car, okay. Joe's going to take over the whole city okay. of Las Vegas, isn't he? Yeah. One well, day. wait! I, I can't wait! Can't wait to include Las Vegas in my pitch for your company. That'll be awesome. Yes, yeah. but all I know is when you get in the car and it says one twenty-five, when you turn oh on the heat, oh my god, oh my that god, that is hot. So everybody, yeah, I, stay I out think of the, the heat. hot, the hottest my car's ever gotten up to was about eight, maybe eighty-two. That was oh it. Oh my gosh, that's it. Uh, John says, let's save a couple of hundred bucks a month by financing a $30,000 solar panel system for the next 30 years. I, I keep asking my wife, I want to do a solar panel on top of the house. Hopefully it could save some money as well there. But My advice, don't lease it. Buy it out. But you need money. You don't have any money? You're asked out. Sorry. Kurt says a pitch for Las Vegas would have to include cake. Theme of the day. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Go ahead. Chocolate sponge cake with nothing else. I could eat that all day if, if it was. Devil's wasn't. food for me. Devil's food. Even ice cream cake. Chocolate ice cream ice cake. Ice cream cake. <sighs> John McCallion channel. Go ahead and subscribe today to see some great conversations with John. He actually had a special interview over the weekend, so check that out. Please subscribe today and check out what That's another doing. one, John. What, who said that one? You can't take the heat. Get out of the kitchen. That's a good point. Diabetes. <laughs> Wilford Bradley. <laughs> All right. We're going to end this now. But thanks again uh, for everybody enjoying that, that'll this. Only... <laughs> All right. Thanks again for enjoying what we do here. At the I got a Wilford Bradley story for you guys next next show. Uh, remind oh, me. That, it's a pretty funny one, actually. He was great in the firm. Absolutely great in the firm. He was pretty and, good at everything and, he was in. And, and Seinfeld as well. Yep. Oh, Diabetic Honey says, someone call my name. Hi, Diabetic Honeybee. Diabetic hey, Honeybee. That's a great name. That's welcome. a great name. Welcome, Honeybee. That's a pretty good name. I like creative names like John McKillian. There you go. Make sure you subscribe today, Diabetic Honeybee. And I didn't know else. insects could get diabetes. You learn yes. something new every day. To go ahead and get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Truly appreciate you watching and listening. Once again, the Lakers win 104 to 103 to close out Summer League with a three and four record. If you have thoughts on the Lakers, please go ahead and put it in the comments or social media right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, Ox1947, it is also as well the Magic Man, Sean Grice. It's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Looking forward to it. But you got to go ahead and make sure you subscribe so you know when we're going on the air right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.